Welcome one, welcome all. Glad to have you. Bill Michaels Show, we are uh, on the air, ready to go. Big weekend, championship weekend, conference championship weekend coming up in the NFL, and a lot to get to. we got Brian Billick coming up in just a little while. He's going to join us, Super Bowl-winning head coach from the Ravens, and a now golf enthusiast, but we'll talk with him. But right now, longtime friend, and I couldn't be happier for him, uh, the fact that they have gotten out of uh, perpetual anonymity and they've got themselves a quarterback and they're on their way to an AFC championship game. Uh, Dan Horde, he is the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, joining us on the line. Dan, how you doing, pal? Bill, I'm awesome. Long time no talk. I hope you're doing well. We are doing well. We're cold, but uh, it's colder when you don't have a football team that's going to be playing this weekend. But uh, give me a sense. As I, I mean, I still have a lot of friends down there, obviously, and I talk to Mo Egger and the guys over at WLW and the, and the ESPN radio and talk to those guys a lot. But give me a sense of what it's like right now in the Queen City. It's cool. I did not live here in 81 or 88, the two times the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, but I've always heard from my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham, and others about how awesome this city was back then, how the Bengals fans helped propel the team to those Super Bowl appearances, and we are seeing it now. This place has gone Bengals crazy. Everybody's wearing their orange and black. It's all any, anybody's talking about around here. So, it's you know, there's nothing that galvanizes a city like a contending NFL team. No sport compares, and I know I'm talking to somebody who just saw an NBA championship, and I'm sure that was tremendous. But it probably doesn't compare to when the Packers won Super Bowls, and right now Cincinnati's going bananas. Yeah, the last time I saw the city go that nuts was probably going back to the World Series when the Reds won and beat uh, the Oakland A's years and years ago. But for this team to finally be back into this particular situation after being uh, outside looking in for so long, uh, is it just as simple as saying, Joe Burrow, you finally got a quarterback and now you've got all the pieces in place? Or, or what has it been? It's not quite that simple, but that's obviously the biggest part of it. The other thing is, in the last two years, the Bengals, historically a franchise that's been called cheap by people that uh, criticize it and frugal by others, have gone crazy spending on defensive free agents. They have completely turned the defense around with a spending spree, and they've hit on almost every one of these free agents, the one exception being Trey Waynes, who's been hurt the last two years. But all these other guys, Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader, Chidabe Owuje, who are not household names in other cities, have been playing incredibly well for the Bengals. So that that's kind of the, the story. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase on offense and all of these free agents on defense. We talk so much about the young quarterbacks. We're watching Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, kind of venture towards the end of his career. But then you've got Mahomes, you've got Josh Allen, you've got Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. We are truly seeing this renaissance of, of new quarterback play. But whether it's uh, it's whether it's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, now you've got a little bit of uh, some rivalry going. You're familiar with this team. Give me the lowdown on what it's going to take to knock off Kansas City. Well, I think a couple of things. These two teams played recently. They played three and a half weeks ago in Cincinnati. The Bengals won. That's the only time the Chiefs have lost in their last 12 games. So the Bengals do have a blueprint for how to do it. Number one, they can't turn it over. You can't give away possessions against the Chiefs and win. Number two, they can't settle for field goals like they've been doing in the playoffs when they have opportunities to score touchdowns. They've got three touchdowns and eight field goals in the two playoff games, so that won't cut it. Number three, you can't allow Hill and Kelsey 
to kill you. And when you go back to that January 2nd game, and this number will startle people, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey had a combined 65 yards in that first game. 65 yards for those two guys. If the Bengals can hold each of them to 65 yards on Sunday, I think that would be good. So to me, those are the three big things going into the game, and uh, we'll see if the Bengals can pull it off. I saw a meme over the weekend of Joe Burrow watching the games on Sunday uh, from a hospital bed, completely wrapped head to toe because he got the hell beat out of him. And the, I don't know if you saw that or not, but it was hilarious. It made me laugh. Uh, what are they going to do about this offensive line and being able to shore this thing up and trying to protect this guy? Not just not not just today or tomorrow or, or this weekend, I should say, but just moving forward. I mean, they, they have got to get a better offensive line or this guy's not going to survive. Correct. There's nothing they can do about it between now and Sunday. It's not like they can go out and add a bunch of guys. So that's not going to happen. And honestly, over their last six games, Joe Burrow's had this unbelievable stretch of quarterback play. His passer rating over his last six is nearly 130. They've kind of let Joe do his thing and run the risk of taking those hits. And I'm, you know, it's, it's not good for his bumps and bruises, but it's helping them win. The good news is going forward, they will be able to address it because they don't really have any other glaring weaknesses. They have all of their draft picks coming next year. They still got money to spend, even though they've spent a lot the last two years in free agency, they've got a quarterback on his rookie contract. So they're in good shape salary cap wise. So I feel pretty comfortable in saying they will add two, you know, at least two probably starting caliber offensive linemen next year, and it should be a lot better. But uh, it's not going to be fixed in the next 48 hours. This this franchise, should they get to a Super Bowl, they're going to face one of these two teams, obviously, that are playing already at SoFi Stadium. There's a familiarity there. 49ers fans are going to be out in droves. Uh, dare you look ahead and start to think about what the matchup could possibly be with Matthew Stafford coming of age out in L.A. or with a really scrappy 49ers team? And, oh, my God, here come the damn 49ers again over the hill for the only two Super Bowls the Packers or the, uh, the Bengals have ever been in. Suddenly they're facing the 49ers again. That nightmare might come running down the train track. Do you dare venture forward and start thinking about that? Yeah, I think a lot of people here are thinking about the possibility of a third Bengals 49ers Super Bowl because Joe Montana will not be wearing a a number 16 jersey for the 49ers in that game if it happens. And there's another instance where these two teams played recently. They met late in the regular season at Paul Brown Stadium. It was an overtime game. The Bengals took the lead with a field goal in overtime and then surrendered a touchdown that cost them the game. So that was a tremendous game. Uh, We're not thinking about that too much because obviously the the task on Sunday is monumental, but Bengals fans can't help think about a, a third, a potential third Super Bowl appearance against the 49ers at least a little bit. With your your kicker McPherson uh, and and what he's done and and how money he's been, I still think back to that game against the Packers, where both he and Mason Crosby, who are usually money, <laughs> couldn't hit yeah. the stadium if they had to. Do you, do you look back at that and go, was that an apparition? Did did did, did Lapham hit me in the head, and knock me out, and I had this really <laughs> weird dream? Because the guys, the the guy has been money pretty much ever since. Well, if you think back to that game. Evan McPherson missed two field goal tries that could have won it for Cincinnati, but one was 57 yards at the end of regulation. It hit the right upright. The second one in overtime, I think, was 49. It might have been 48, but it was going right down the middle. Evan McPherson began to celebrate with his holder, Kevin Huber, and then this crazy gust of wind blew it left, and it hit the flag on the top of the left upright. 
I think he actually hit that ball well, and the wind cost the Bengals a victory. So he has been incredible, 11 out of 13 from 50-plus. He's been Mr. Clutch, and he looks like he's 13 years old. Earlier this year when the Bengals played in Detroit, <laughs> a security guard at, uh, at the stadium would not allow him to go on the field. He did not believe that this guy was the Bengals' kicker. Finally, the Bengals linebackers coach happened to be nearby and came over to the security guide and said, yeah, let him on the field. He's our kicker. So uh, it's been an amazing story and a lot of fun to watch. Uh, for the for the Chiefs in this game, obviously it begins and ends with Patrick Mahomes. And like you had mentioned, the last time he was not able to really hit his weapons for anything big. We know that Steve Spagnuolo is going to try to dial things up big time to try to get turnovers. Because I, I, it always comes down to turnovers when you look at games like this in the postseason. What do they need to do to stymie Cincinnati's attack? Oddly enough, I think Steve Spagnuolo has to dial it up less. Uh, because if you go back to that January 2nd game, you know, the Chiefs love to blitz. They're in the top two in the NFL in blitz percentage. Baltimore is the other. Uh, but in that first game, when you send extra rushers, you have fewer guys to cover. That meant a lot of single coverage on Jamar Chase. And he had 11 catches for 266 yards. So I think the Chiefs will be bracketing Jamar Chase in the restroom when he's in Kansas City this weekend. They are not going to let him uh, be single-covered for a second of his waking life in KC. Uh, maybe fewer blitzes, see if their four-man rush can get home, uh, much like the Titans did last week to the tune of nine sacks. So I think that's going to be a really big key to this game. What do you think the crowd's going to be like as far as Kansas City? How many Bengals fans do you think are going to make it over and buy tickets on the secondary market? Because I know they had a pretty good representation down in Tennessee. It was incredible. It stunned me. I, I had no idea that Titans fans would allow that many tickets to be purchased to a home playoff game when they were the number one seed. I can't imagine there will be as many available. I'm sure Bengals fans are going to gobble up what's ever out there. It's a drivable game. It's about eight and a half hours from Cincinnati, so it's not a pleasant drive, but it's doable. And uh, I would imagine that you know, whatever they can get their hands on, they are going to get their hands on this weekend, regardless of the cost. The Bengals worked situationally to really put heat on Mahomes on third down specifically, and they, they blitzed him about 37 to 40% of the time, if I remember correctly, when I was reading some of my notes on this game. Do you expect them to blitz as much because he is recognizable when it comes to the blitz? And if he gets outside of that, man, it's all day, all day, all day long for him. Or do you really think that they can just do it with a four-man front and put pressure on him and try to contain him in the pocket while forcing those, uh, those guys to throw over top of the linebackers? I would expect them to blitz a, a fair amount because you've got to mix it up. That's the thing about Mahomes. You can't possibly go into a game thinking, all right, we're going to do this, and this one thing is going to work because between Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they will figure it out, they will attack it, and they will score 40-plus. So they're going to have to mix it up. Lou Anarumo, the Bengals' defensive coordinator, has been a good scientist where that stuff is concerned. He's got really smart movable pieces on defense. Uh, so I would expect a wide variety of things to try to uh, do whatever they can to confuse Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, realistically, the hope is, I think, that you hold the Chiefs in the 20s. I mean, you're not going to hold them to nine like the Bucks did in the Super Bowl last year or like Tennessee did earlier this year in the regular season. They're playing too well right now. They're playing at home. I think if you've got to, like, conjure up a way that the Bengals could win this game, it's holding the Chiefs somewhere in the maybe the high 20s scoring in the uh, low 30s and, and getting out of Kansas City with a win. 
Dan, give Lap a hug. Tell him I said hi. Enjoy it, and we'll uh, wish you nothing but good luck, okay? Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Dan Horde. He is the voice of the Cincinnati Bengals, giving us a lowdown on Cincinnati and Kansas City that's coming up this weekend. Uh, I think Kansas City's got to blow the lid off the secondary uh, of Cincinnati. Cincinnati's going to be blitzing. They're going to mix it up. They went between, I think it's between 35 and 40% of the time with blitzes from different angles on Patrick Mahomes to try to get him off his mark. It is going to be a chess match. I don't think it's going to be a Kansas City blowout. I think Kansas City wins this game just for the fact that, I I mean, I know Joe Burrow had said during the week, Ben, did you catch this when Joe Burrow was doing his, his Q&A with the, with the media? And they asked him about the how loud it is at, at Arrowhead. And he sloughed it off and said, who cares? Well, you know, I played the national championship game and, and playing down at, uh, you know, obviously at LSU and playing in some of those stadiums like down in Tuscaloosa. He's like, that, that's loud. And that set off the Kansas City Chiefs fan base. Like oh, I, they're going to they're going to be out of their minds this weekend. Oh, I saw it. Uh, and he's right. The college football is just a superior sport. So, <laughs> there you go. Van Kenny getting that dig in. It is going to be crazy at, at Arrowhead. It'll be really loud. They're going to make it very difficult on him. Uh, I don't know how since I know that uh, they practiced in their stadium this weekend or this week, I should say, and really cranked it up to the point where some of the, uh, some of the office buildings downtown could actually hear uh, all the crowd noise that uh, they were trying to pipe in over Joe Burrow and company as they practiced, but it's going to be crazy loud, crazy loud coming, uh, coming on Sunday. So if you didn't know that, if you're listening to this program, yeah, Joe Burrow kind of said, who cares? It's, you know, eight, a hundred thousand is much louder than the 70,000. They're going to push at us at Arrowhead. And that really incited chiefs fans. So it's, it's going to be a, a fandomonium type of game. Uh, let's do this. Good stuff from Dan Horn though. I appreciate it. Uh, coming up here in about 20 minutes, uh, the Super Bowl winning head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, Brian Billick, is going to join us. We'll talk with him about the matchups this weekend and get his perspective on uh, some of the coaching hires, some of the coaching moves. We'll also talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. All of that is coming up. Good Friday to you. We're out of the, we're out of the gates fast today. Good, good stuff. Out of the gates fast. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. franchise that's been called cheap by people that uh, criticize it and frugal by others have gone crazy spending on defensive free agents. They have completely turned the defense around with a spending spree and they've hit on almost every one of these free agents. There you go. That's it. That's it. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that's a, a terrible song. <laughs> that's a terrible song. That's right up there with the Zippa Zeppa song back when I was growing up as a kid. Uh, that was just awful. Just awful. I remember that, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's their fight song. Doesn't necessarily inspire fear, does it? Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. You can subscribe to us for free over there on YouTube. Go to youtube.com slash Show, And you can find us there. Thanks to Dan Horn for joining us for a couple of minutes as well. So good stuff.
Uh, I just posted, by the way, uh, I had a couple people that asked me that said, uh, so what are you picking? So I thought, you know what? Here we go. So we, we did our picks last night, uh, Ben and I, but I've got Cincinnati, or, uh, the Chiefs over Cincinnati, 31-24, and the Rams over the 49ers. They finally, finally get past, uh, finally get past uh, Shanahan, 27-17. Only for the fact that I don't think Jimmy G can really pull it out. I think that uh, the Rams are really starting to kind of feel it. So I think this is where the Rams finally get one. But I got the Chiefs beating Cincinnati 31-24 in a good game. Uh, and the Rams over the uh, 49ers 27-17. So that's the way it goes. Although, uh, Ben, you're different, right? You got Cincinnati getting a win? Or the 49ers getting a win? I have Kansas City and the 49ers. Okay. If Cincinnati, and, and, and maybe it's just wishful thinking, but And I've said this before. When I left there in 1999, I was doing uh, radio with uh, with Boomer Esiason and Chris Collinsworth and Andy Furman, and and it was a hell of a sports station. And I was Zippy the, the, the piss boy. I was nobody uh, at the time. And still am, by the way. Uh, but when I was there and I, I left, I said at the time, as long as Mike Brown is owning this team, running this team, they'll never be successful. But you heard Dan Horde say how they've really started to spend money in free agency. The one thing I can say, he turned the team over, for the most part, to his daughter Katie. And Katie is now more running the team than anything. Between Katie and and that what they call that three-headed monster of a general manager, they have actually spent some money. They never used to spend money. They're still $50 million under the cap. I mean, that's, that's how much money they still have sitting there in a war chest. But um, And for every dollar they get to sit on, they, they keep as a family. You know, they, that's profit. So now, you know, cause that's the only business they have, but maybe just maybe with some uh, creativity, I still don't think that offensive line is going to be good enough to hold up. That's why I just, I can't, if the offensive line was really good and they had a stout run game with Joe Mixon because of the offensive line and the protection that Joe Burrow was getting, I would think hands down, this team can get the win, but I just, that offensive line is terrible, just terrible. Well, that was the discussion this offseason, right? It was at five. Are they going to take Penny Sewell, the left tackle, or Jamar right, Chase? Right, so they took right. Chase, and it's worked out. But that's, yeah, it's always been something that's plagued yeah. them. Yep. It's been uh, that way for a long time. I mean, you go back to the years they went to the Super Bowl, that was their strength. They had Max Montoya. They had Crumry, or not Crumry, they had Lapham. They had um, um, uh, Anthony Munoz. They had all these big, beefy guys up front. And they were really, really solid. And th- this this team up front is not. Um, so anyway, it's uh, it's uh, we'll, we'll see. I just don't think they got enough to get it done. That's just just my thought. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Yeah, they had uh, God. Uh, the one guy, uh, his name was Glenn Bujnock. And they called him Bouge. Bouge ended up buying a bar up the street from where my parents lived. Used to go in there and talk to him about it all the time. Uh, about, and I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, there was um, William, I think it was Glass. Blair Bush was the center. Lapham was there. Montoya was there. Munoz was there. And then Bougenock was there. Those were the kind of the big guys up front. And they had some beef up front. But anyway kind of waxing nostalgic and i probably shouldn't do that uh 877-867-1670 877-867-1670 
Um, Tom says I need to change my handle to Zippy. You know, uh, it, um, you know where that came from. Actually, was uh, I think it was out of the history of the world when uh, uh, the movie History of the World. So uh, Sam says, by the way, if the Bengals win this weekend, I think you should sing that song on the air. They hear the Bengals growling. Eh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. Uh, Mark says, now get this, Ben, here you go. Mark says, that's your TikTok song. If you go to L.A. and Cincinnati wins and they're there, you should do the TikTok dance to hear them Bengals growling. I'm already the biggest Bengals fan this weekend. This is a long story, Bill. But the loser of our fantasy football league had to go, has to go to one of the cities of the winning AFC or NFC team and just like stay there for a couple of days and do other things there. So if it's Cincinnati, then my partner and I, because we lost and we sucked, are going to end up taking a road trip weekend to Cincinnati. Well, there you go. I, I still think, uh, it, well, if you're going to go there, um, I, you know, let me know. I mean, I, let me know when you're going. We'll just do the show there. Hmm. We could do that. I got, I got, we get the hookup down there. I kind of know places, put it that way. We could do the show from the, there's a place called the Holy Grail. And for those that have ever been down to down there, whether it's going to a Brewers game or a Bengals game, because I'm sure there were fans that went there this year uh, when the Packers went there. And I'm sure there's been Brewers fans that have gone down there. Right between the stadiums is a place called the Holy Grail. It's the big, giant sports bar in Cincinnati. Uh, one of my buddies from high school owns it. He's always said, if you ever come down, we're going to put you right next to WLW. You guys can go back and forth, and you can do your radio show down here. So we've got a place to do the radio show in front of the Cincinnati fans. We can do that. I say we take a, a trip for the Brewers. We go down there for for a Brewers uh, series. Can you imagine if we could do that and take Ebo and Rowdy with us? Hmm. I Nelson might finally be able to see Christian Yelich at a home run. Right? Yeah. He's never seen Christian Yelich hit a home run? That uh, was a joke about how small their ballpark is. Oh, okay. Well, it's not that their ballpark is small. It just flies down there. Right. When you get that humidity that sits next to that river, for those that have never been there, that city sits in a valley. It's what they call the Seven Hills. There's hills all around Cincinnati, and it sits in a valley. And when you get those winds, those warm summer winds that start blowing up the river that have humidity in them, it 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 takes it, it just it for whatever reason it just the ball flies, man. It's like watching uh, one of those super balls you used to have as a kid. You just tap it off a baseball bat and it just leaps off the bat. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it, it's it's a it's a hitter's park. With, I mean, without a doubt, which is why it's it's so weird that Mustakas just couldn't do anything down there. When he got uh, when he got picked up by Cincinnati, I mean, anyway, Scooter Jeanette had four home runs in a game. Right, I feel like anything's right? possible. Yep, no doubt. Let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, we'll pick him up. Uh, he is the Super Bowl winning head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, then with the NFL Network. Now, as I understand, a huge golf enthusiast. So Ben, it's right up your alley as well. It's uh, Brian Billick is going to join us. We're going to talk a lot about this uh, championship weekend coming up. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Welcome back to the program. The Bill Michael Show brought to you by Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Big weekend coming up. AFC, NFC Championship Games. We know as Packers fans, we wish we were there. And uh, we wish that uh, Aaron Rodgers was partaking, but uh, a lot of uncertainty now about the Packers organization. But two good games on tap. Cincinnati, kind of the underdog, going in against uh, Kansas City down at Arrowhead. And then you've got San Francisco on the road taking on the Rams at SoFi, which will be hosting the Super Bowl this coming year. And uh, joining us now, a guy that's uh, no stranger to winning a Super Bowl, I'll tell you that. Uh, He has traveled somewhat uh, with Baltimore and then with the NFL Network, now with Herm Edwards and the staff out there at Arizona State. Welcome him in. Coach Brian Billick joining us. Coach, how you been, pal? Uh, Doing great this morning. I got to ask you, I heard that you, uh, for uh, for a guy that didn't like golf, you're now all in, that uh, the golf game is all you. Oh yeah, I'm, I tell you what, I, I've got the bug, and, and like everything, you know, I tend to be uh, obsessive compulsive, and uh, but now it's great. I'm enjoying it, and uh, you know, my problem is I'm, I'm I've gotten to where I can get on in regulation, but that I can five putt any green in America. I am the worst putter in America. I am the worst putter. Uh, I mean, it's that's the next challenge in my game. Well, I guess it's good uh, then that they have all of these Super Bowls in warm weather climates, so you could uh, bring the clubs with you, do a little golf in between, doing some analysts uh, stuff along the way. Sure, How do you like the new sure. gig for uh, Arizona State, by the way? Well, just getting started. I'm excited about it. I am. Uh, I did the Hula Bowl early in the month. Mike Smith, who's my brother-in-law, and of course the former coach at Atlanta Falcons, he kind of put that together and uh, had a great time, had a great staff. I had Wade Phillips was my defensive coordinator. Mike Tice was my line coach. Kevin Sumlin was my receiver coach. Carnell Lake and Mark Collins coached on the defensive side. So we, we had a great time and really enjoyed the kids. And uh, Herm Edwards, Ray Anderson, who's the AD out there, and my longtime lawyer and agent, uh, of course, Marvin Lewis is out there. And they approached me about – you know, coming out and doing kind of off on the offensive side, what Marvin has done for them on the defensive side. And the more we talked about it, it seemed intriguing uh, and uh, seemed like the right thing to do. So I'm excited to get about going out and seeing where I can help. Well, congratulations there. I, I did want to talk to you a little bit about, obviously, an AFC and an NFC championship week. You know all about this. Uh, it, let, let's start from the AFC side. Uh, Kansas City, a team that has been to the Super Bowl now two times in the last two years, looking for a third, fourth straight AFC championship game. Cincinnati, somebody that is not familiar with this at all. This is a franchise that, quite frankly, is a little bit surprising to be there with Joe Burrow being this young. Give me your thoughts as both sides gear up for this matchup down at Arrowhead this weekend. Well, it's going to be a great matchup, I think. I mean, typically when we talk about a team taking on Kansas City, at some point we're talking about, well, and if the game turns into a track meet, then then this is going to be an issue. And that's the challenge when you play what they do offensively. I mean, Avi, how great was that game between Buffalo and, and, and Kansas City oh, going yeah. up and down the field? But in this regard, I, I think Cincinnati, they may be going, you know what, if it's a track meet, we're fine with that. Because uh, we feel like we can keep up with them offensively. And if it's just a matter of who has the ball last, we're okay with that too. So, I mean, who's been better over the last month of the season, uh, end of the season and end the postseason, than Joe Burrow? He's been just absolutely spectacular. Uh, so, yes, this is a big moment for them. Uh, Kansas City at home, they've been there. So you got to think, okay, this should probably go Kansas City's way. But Cincinnati and, and, and Joe Burrow are playing at such a high level uh, this, this could be a good game. Looking at that, and my biggest concern is the offensive line for Joe Burrow. Nine sacks, he was hurried uh, 11 times, knocked down like 12 or 14, if I read correctly. 
when you've got an offensive line that is just that porous, what do you do as a play caller? How, how do you how do you kind of try to patchwork that thing together? Well, it is a concern, but evidently it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. Because having said that, with the nine sacks, he was twenty-eight of thirty-seven for three hundred forty-eight yards. So, so basically, if if he wasn't getting sacked, he was completing the ball uh, with big plays down the field. Did have the one turnover. Uh, of course, Ryan Tannehill had three turnovers, so that certainly was the difference in the game. They had five explosive plays, plays of twenty yards or more. So. Yeah, I think it's, you know, no, you don't want them to get hit that much, and they've got to address it. And Kansas City and Steve Spagnola, they can dial up some of those pressures. But I'd be a little careful about pressuring too much because they, they, Joe Burrow may invite that and it gives them an opportunity for a big play down the field with the excellent receivers they have. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, you've got a guy in Zach Taylor who is up for coach of the year, and then obviously Andy Reid and what he's capable of doing and, and what he has done in getting there and kind of being a very smart, calming influence for his guys because he's been there, done that. Do you give the coaching edge to, to Andy Reid because of the been there, done that, or do you go give it to Zach Taylor because sometimes you don't know any better? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you could look at it that way. Uh, you know, certainly Andy Reid. The thing, the strength of Kansas City right now is – just that, yeah, we have been there, and we've never been at, you know, we're never out of it, no matter what adversity they face. And you remember last year uh, in, in their run in their playoffs, uh, they had to come from behind in so many instances. This year they've had to do a little bit of that. And so, but it was, hey, no problem. 13 seconds, you know, uh, uh, go the length of the field. Sure, we can do that. Um, so that, that confidence that they have because they've been in those situations and answered the bell. Certainly, it's a big part of that. So, you know, because something's going to happen in this game. And you're right. Kansas City, they've been they've been time tested. So, you know, they're going to be fine when when they hit that rough spot. I'm talking about Cincinnati now when that's, you know, you weather the storm, so to speak. Can they weather the storm and not panic and and still uh, still keep the game close? Speaking of coaching, and this is something that's somewhat puzzling, but they've had different teams. They've had different personnel. Shanahan has never lost to McVeigh. Can you have you ever been in a situation like that where, as a coach, personnel has changed, but there was just one guy that, for whatever reason, was able to get your number? You know that it, it, it's interesting it, it, that it, because obviously they play each other so often. Uh, clearly, uh, San Francisco has been through upheaval in personnel because of injuries, and uh, and and the mindset's going to be interesting for the Rams going in because they're obviously playing very well. They're at home. They know they can beat San Francisco, but they just haven't. It's a little – I reminded – what was it? Years ago, Ilya Nastasi had lost like 24 times in a row to Jimmy Connors, and, and the next time they played, he said, nobody beats Ilya Nastasi 25 times in a row. You know, that, that, that was his mantra. <laughs> you know, we're going to – so I can I can kind of see uh, McVeigh going, nobody beats us seven times in a row. That's going to be our battle cry as we go in. Uh, but San Francisco's plan is is very simple. When, and when they execute it, when, when – uh, Garoppolo can stay in that 25-30 pitch count, not turn the ball over, and uh, they can run the ball, play solid defense, play in those tight margins, take it down to the end. That's the game they want to play, and they've been very successful. The Rams are capable of playing that game. The key to me, as it was last week, was uh, Matthew Stafford. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over 
and put San Francisco on a short field, I think I think the Rams are going to be in great shape. And and last week against Tampa Bay, you know, uh, and, and ultimately the way Tampa Bay came back, but he didn't turn the ball over. He's 28 of 38, 366 yards and two touchdowns. So, yeah, that that's the game they need out of Matthew Stafford uh, to make sure that they don't play San Francisco's game, which is get a turnover and put them on a short field. I uh, I obviously want to ask you about the game that uh, you know the Packers were in and then ultimately lost. We saw both phases, offensive and uh, special teams, fail. But I, I, we were all a little bit shocked. Obviously, everybody just thought uh, you know the Packers were going to kind of roll through this. And now the off season begins with Aaron Rodgers, and you and I have talked a lot about this. So. So how do you approach this as the organization and from what you've seen outside looking in with the relationship mending that's gone on between Brian Gutekunst and Aaron Rodgers and such? How would you approach this offseason? Well, it's kind of like any offseason, particularly if you have a quarterback that is the stature and at the age of, of uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers because this is always, you know, whether it was we just saw Ben Roethlisberger retire, questions, is Tom Brady really going to come back? Yeah, you have to address it as an organization. The issue, and that's just in general, is this guy going to leave either by retiring or does he want to go someplace else? You know, let alone the issues that they, and I, and I can't imagine that now having gone through the entire season together, being in the building day with one another, all those issues we talked about going into the season, I can't imagine that they haven't been somehow resolved. If they haven't, they're certainly not going to be resolved over the next month or so. So I would imagine that, that, uh, what they're going to do is probably pretty apparent to them and, and Aaron Rodgers as well. Uh, after all this time, what that is, we'll find out. Uh, with you had mentioned uh, Tom Brady, obviously Roethlisberger calling it a career, Rodgers coming towards the end of his. It's kind of a changing of the guard, isn't it? When we saw Josh Allen and, and when we saw Justin Herbert this year and what he was capable of doing. And really, it's kind of like Matthew Stavert is the, the, the mid-range, the last of the old guard right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, we have this great influx of young quarterbacks that are playing so well right now. Uh, you know, a healthy Lamar Jackson you throw into there, Ryan Tannehill, notwithstanding uh, uh, the last game with, with Tennessee, has stepped up and played well. I mean, they're just not a good young quarterback play. Matthew Stafford is interesting. I mean, Matthew's, we, we talked about can you Cincinnati big enough to step up into the moment. A lot of people say, okay, this is a big moment for Matthew Stafford. Can he step up into it? He's played a lot of football. And, and it was always interesting to see. I was going to be interested to see how he meshed with the Rams to be in a place where he doesn't have to throw the ball 700 times a year uh, like he had to in Detroit every year to have the balance, to have the good defense. Obviously, they're playing well. The big key is, and he's had some interceptions over the last four or five weeks prior to the playoffs um, and, and didn't against Tampa Bay, and that was huge. And, and that's going to be equally as important, obviously, in playing San Francisco. Coach, it's always great to talk to you. I certainly appreciate your time. Best of luck out at Arizona State. Uh, are you are you heading out to L.A. or are you going to beg this one off? No, no. I uh, of course I'm not doing anything for the network anymore. I was done with them in July, so uh, no. I'm in fact I'm heading down to Arizona and going to uh, kind of start that process a little bit, and maybe play a little golf and uh, and enjoy the the weather because it's uh, well maybe 12 degrees here in Columbus. Oh geez, maybe when we uh, head out for either spring training or uh, Super Bowl next year, we'll uh, we'll hook up and find a golf course and then slap it around a little bit. Okay, we'll do it. Sounds great. All right, buddy. Take care. Hey, by the way, how are, how's X Tech Pads going? Because I got to ask you about that because that company has just boomed. Oh, we lost him. There you go. I wanted to get that in too. 
X-Tech pads, by the way, and I, I, I was remiss in not mentioning them, but uh, he is one of the founding members of a company called X-Tech pads, which I've talked about numerous times on this program. If you've ever seen Google on YouTube, uh, X-Tech pads and the demonstration, if you can find the one that Bob, uh, by the way, uh, who is the, uh, the, one of the, the founder, the president of X-Tech pads, um, if you can find Bob's uh, demonstration to Urban Meyer, it's amazing. It's amazing. Go there and, and look at it and, and see it, and, and it's amazing to see him smash his hand with a helmet. I mean, just smash his hand with a helmet. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, just pull his hand away and shake hands with Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer right then and there is like, okay, we got to have those. So X-Tech Pads, if you just go there, you can type in the uh, promo code COACH. Uh, you get some uh, get some cash off, which is always fantastic. If you've got a young one getting ready to get involved in football, X-Tech Pads are far superior. They just are. It's amazing to watch the demonstrations. Shoulder injuries seem to be a thing of the past when it comes to uh, X-Tech Pads as far as the numbers go and statistics. So check out our friends at X-Tech, X-Tech, T-E-C-H, X-Tech Pads. And check it out for yourself. But it's it's absolutely awesome. It's an awesome pad, and I wanted to make sure we got that in because X Tech Pads uh, is the one that brings us Coach Billick all the time. So thanks to them as well. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. Take home meals. If you're looking for something tonight, it's going to be cold. Maybe, yeah, you just don't want to go out and do anything, but you don't have anything in the house. Head up to Quick Trip. They've got those peel-and-eat meals, man. They're good to go. You can get yourself a pothole pizza, get some really good fried chicken. Uh, if you're going to sit home and maybe watch something tonight on the tube and you want a beverage or two, head into the beer cave. They have that as well. They have wines. They have some liquors there, too. A lot of different things over there at Quick Trip. Stop in and see our friends there and uh, and tell them, you know, hey, I heard it about on the Bill Michael Show. By all means, stop in. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The search is on for a new offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. The Denver Broncos have hired Nathaniel Hackett as their new head coach. That leaves quarterback coach Luke Getze or offensive line coach Adam Stenovich as candidates to replace Hackett, or one of them could join Hackett in Denver and become a coordinator there. Hackett told us what he's most proud of in his time in Green Bay. The trust that we all have in each other, the trust we have in Aaron that Aaron has in us with Devontae, Mercedes, just all the guys. I mean... It's such an amazing thing. I think it's a product that everybody can see out on the field, and they can feel that caring and that love that we all have for each other, and that's why one of the reasons why we've been so successful. So it's been a very, very much a growing process and a learning process here these past three years, and I I love it. Aaron Rodgers says Nathaniel Hackett is not only a good coach, but a great family man. To have a beautiful wife and four kids and all the demands that being a father has on you and then to be able to bring it every single day at the facility is very admirable. Now we'll be headed to Los Angeles for complete coverage of Super Bowl 56 and the week leading up to the game. The 49ers face the Rams in the NFC Championship this Sunday. Rams three-point favorites, but San Francisco is 6-0 and against Los Angeles. 49ers tight end George Kittle. This team has been through a lot. Like, we've been through a lot of adversity. We've dealt with a lot. We've lost games by making mistakes. We've won games, you know, dirty. Um, this is a gritty team. It's a salty team. And we just keep bouncing back. We don't really let anything freak us out. I don't want to say we don't flinch, but we just stay calm. And, you know, we trust in each other and we trust in the coaches. This whole team's just full of football players that just love to play the game and they don't really care about what's going on during it. That's tight end George Kittle. 
I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Bill Michaels Show, we continue on. Here's a question for you. So we've had our, if you want to call them like the super group, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees. Prior to that was Philip Rivers. So, but we've had the super group now of this this quarterback mecca, if you will. So, who is the next Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers? Is it Patrick Mahomes and whomever? Or is it the emergence of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow? Is it Justin Herbert on the horizon? Is it going to be Lamar Jackson before it's all said and done? Who is the next? You know, when you start to think about, and again, it goes back to quarterback play. We talk about this all the time, all the time. When you think about the uh, the best of the best and, and, and the best teams, you, you have to think about the different quarterback leaders that are out there. And you think of, I mean, Justin Herbert threw for over 5,000 yards this year. Matthew Stafford, 4,800. He's going to be there until he decides to call it a career. He'll obviously begin the ascension. Uh, But Joe Burrow had a great year. There's Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. Um, Matt Ryan's probably coming towards the end of his deal. But uh, there's Kyler Murray. I forget about him. Kyler Murray out in uh, Arizona. I don't know if I'd put Ryan Tannehill into that level. I, I think he's that that step or two below. Uh, what is going to be, with a new head coach and a new system, what is going to be the ascension of Trevor Lawrence? You know, what's going to happen with him? Does Jared Goff in any way, shape, or form begin to ascend at all to what he once was uh, over in Detroit? You know, that really kind of the last guy of the old guard is what, Russell Wilson? Right? I mean, he's he's the guy that's now probably the next to be on the clock. Maybe the guy like Kirk Cousins. Um, so you, you've seen Baker Mayfield ascend and descend. Now, if he doesn't, he yeah, I believe he's going to be back in Cleveland. Cleveland has said they're going to hang on to him. And healthy after the surgeries and such, if they get him a little bit better offensive line and they kind of rebuild that and retool that team. Maybe Baker Mayfield takes over. Two, I don't ever think is going to amount to anything. Uh, certainly not, you know, Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones or Zach Wilson. Does Justin Fields begin to ascend in this division if Aaron Rodgers is no longer here? You know, these are all things to think about. Who's going to be the next? Who's going to be that next guy that sits atop the statistical leaderboard once right. And, and this is the other thing to, to think about. This is the other thing to think about. Would Aaron Rodgers, And I, I said this the other day when it was asked of me, would Aaron Rodgers retire this year? Knowing that he would then be on the podium with Brady and Roethlisberger. 
because you've got those two guys have nine, was it nine, uh, eight or nine rings between them? Think about that. I don't think he retires this year. I don't think he would want to. Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated. We're going to talk some more football when we come back. Hang in there. Nice win last night for the Wisconsin Badgers, too. Getting back at it. Watch that game when we were over at uh, Swagger. Swagger Sports Bar at Rue River Center last night. Good time, too. Good food. Good time. We had a really fun, fun night last night. Crowd was good. The bowling alley was packed. Dart League came in. We had all kinds of stuff going on over there last night. Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated. He is going to join. We got we got an action-packed Friday for you. Connor Orr of Sports Illustrated. He is going to join us next in the Bill Michael Show. The Bill Michael Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.